Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I fact check and investigate things said on the Joe Rogan experience. Today I will be looking at episode 1597 with Travis Walton. If you know anything about podcasts or YouTube or whatever, you know that usually when there's a long break between episodes like this, the host comes out and says, oh, you know, I'm so sorry, my wife tripped down the stairs, and my, my kid was really sick, and I was super busy, <clears throat> and I'm not going to do that. One thing I will say, though, before getting started, and I know I'm a little late to the party on this, but Spotify is pretty whack. If you have premium, you're basically getting the worst of both worlds because you're paying, but then there are still ads on the Joe Rogan experience. But anyway, on on to Travis Walton. Like Bob Lazar, there is no evidence to support any of Travis Walton's claims that he was abducted by aliens, but there are a few concrete things that he tries to point to as being evidence. So the first thing I'm going to do is talk about these things. Like all other alien people on JRE, he references various secret witnesses and documents that he somehow has access to, but you don't. And these, you know, prove his claims and whatever. And this is a common theme I've mentioned before, this sort of esoteric knowledge that you just can't access. Obviously, I can't comment on any of these things that he brings up, but if you are in the CIA and you can comment on them, please email me so that I can learn. He does try to use a few tangible things as evidence, though. One of these things is, of course, the lie detector tests that he and his fellow loggers took and passed. I think pretty much everyone already knows at this point that polygraph tests are not reliable, so I won't really get into it too much. But needless to say, polygraph tests don't count as evidence. But since he brings it up, he's the one who brought up polygraphs, I do think it's worth mentioning that in 2008, he went on the game show The Moment of Truth, where you win money by answering a series of increasingly embarrassing questions while taking a polygraph. They asked him if he was abducted by aliens, and he failed that test. So he's passed some tests, he has failed other ones. Another physical thing Travis points to is that one of the loggers got skin cancer, and he claims that this was due to exposure to the UFO. I couldn't find anything online about this, and really it just raises the bigger question of why Travis himself didn't get skin cancer, since he was obviously the most exposed because he was in the UFO. He would probably just say that the Alamouse cured him though, but then why didn't the Alamouse cure the other guy? It's kind of rude of them. The only other thing he tries to use as evidence is the fact that some of the trees near the place where the UFO supposedly landed have some wide growth rings. 
He says that this is due to the radiation from the UFO. But the reality is that there are things that can cause trees to have wide growth rings besides UFO radiation. This was a big shock to me when I found this out. For instance, higher than average temperatures during the spring or higher than average rainfall. Removing nearby trees can also cause wider growth rings because then the tree will be less crowded and end up getting more resources. That's probably the cause in this case, seeing as how they were up there removing things. So I think it's pretty obvious that this guy didn't get abducted by aliens. <laughs> At least there's no reason to think he did. So then the question becomes, what is actually going on here? I think there are a few things to consider that give the situation context. The first is this. Travis Walton was into UFOs before the incident. He tells Rogan that he's seen all kinds of other UFOs, but he doesn't answer when Rogan asks him if these were before or after his abduction. He knows that this will make him look bad. The reality is that he had always been a UFO fanatic. The sheriff at the time described him and his brother as, quote, longtime students of UFOs. This isn't the only piece of context that makes the truth more obvious. Two weeks before the incident, NBC aired the primetime made-for-television movie, The UFO Incident, which is about the 1961 Betty and Barney Hill abduction case. It's quite the coincidence there. Quite the coincidence. But the most damning thing of all is something that an author named Robert Schieffer Schieffer has written about. Travis and the other guys were way behind their logging schedule. At the time of the supposed abduction, there were only five days left of their contract and a hundred acres left to do. If they failed to complete the job in time, they would have been fined and they would have lost a lot of money. But a member of the team going missing would count as a, quote, act of God and get them out of the contract. So then the question is, why would they make up such a wacky lie to get out of the contract? Why not just say their equipment got stolen or something like that? Well, a UFO story would not only prevent them from losing money, it would gain them new money. That year, they won the National Enquirer's annual Best UFO Case of the Year Award, which comes with a prize of $5,000. That doesn't seem like that much, but this was in 1975. So adjusted for inflation, that's about $24,000. I would definitely lie to the National Enquirer for $24,000. Of course, $24,000 is nothing compared to all the money Travis has made off of the movie, books, media appearances, UFO convention appearances, etc. He even ran his own UFO convention for a while. Despite all of this, he directly tells Rogan that he has never promoted his story, <laughs> which is just the most like, laughably wrong thing that he says about his uh, post-abduction life. I do think that there's more to Travis Walton than just lying, however. I think the abduction story is clearly a lie to make money. However, 
He apparently was a true alien believer before the hoax, and he seems very sincere today. He even cries while telling Rogan about how aliens psychically warned him that his kid was suffocating. Now, he could just be a good liar. He could be good at acting. But it doesn't really seem like that to me. I think he does sincerely believe in aliens, even if he doesn't sincerely believe his own story. The thing I find the strangest about Travis Walton is how bitter and angry he seems. When Bob Lazar was on JRE, he was very relaxed, and he doesn't seem bothered at all by people being skeptical of his claims. Travis, however, acts like people who don't believe him are just being stubborn, and he seems to take it really personally. You know, this guy is saying that he slapped an alien, and he acts outraged when you don't believe him. This could all just be part of the act, but I think it's possible that he is somewhat crazy or delusional. In this episode, he he accuses skeptics of being government agents, and he claims that the CIA uh, investigated him. He comes across as really paranoid and delusional, and he acts like everyone is out to get him. For instance, he, he says that the sheriff at the time had all these files on him, but that he secretly destroyed them all. Maybe it's possible that he's so delusional, he actually now believes his own lie. He makes some other weird claims as well. For instance, he says that his, quote, real father worked on the Apollo moon landing. He never elaborates on this at all. (laughs) Uh, Very similar to that kid in your class whose uncle worked for Nintendo, and he uh, gave him the inside scoop on who's going to be in Smash and all that. Towards the end of the episode, he, he also tells Rogan that his children have, quote, unique abilities that he'll tell Rogan about off-air. I think he was implying that his kids have magic Alamao powers. He also suggests that perhaps there was once some sort of intelligent race of reptilians on the Earth, but that they were eaten by dinosaurs. This guy might just be a crazy person. Ultimately, this is just me playing armchair psychologist, though. I I don't really know what's going on in the mind of Travis Walton. I don't think anybody does. But I don't think that this guy is like Bob Lazar. I think Bob Lazar is a troll who is in it purely for his own interest and amusement. And I respect him for that. But I think Travis Walton clearly created his story for financial gain, even if I'm not entirely sure where to draw the line of sincerity when it comes to all his beliefs. One thing brought up in this episode that's real is that the most recent coronavirus relief bill included a mandate for the government to release all of their information about UFOs. Rogan brings this up. I was surprised to find out that this is true. This doesn't matter, though, because when nothing comes out about UFOs and Alamos, UFO believers will just say that they didn't release the real stuff, and the real stuff is still hidden. Uh, This is my prediction. It's a pretty safe one. Those are all my notes on this episode. 
If you have any thoughts or opinions on this important matter, you can email them to me. Uh, if you're in the CIA and you have the real Alamao info, please email that to me. If you are an alien, please do not email me, because I would look like a total idiot uh, if you ended up actually existing. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Be sure to tell your friends about Investigate Joe Rogan, and I will see you next time.